Hello and welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan, and in this program, we all discover jazz, old and new, together by listening to a wide array of selections, exploring different jazz styles and topics related to jazz, we'll learn more about what it is, what it isn't, how it's developed, and what we can listen for to enhance our experience. For the next 60 minutes, Discovering Jazz. Today, talking about some of my spring and summer vinyl finds. I want to start by talking about a guitarist named Lonnie Johnson. An African-American born in 1899, he was known for playing the first guitar solo ever recorded. I have two recordings that I'll be playing for you shortly from October 1927. Uh, first, a solo, and then one with uh, Louis Armstrong in December of that same year. Mostly known as more of a singer than a guitarist, especially in those days, Lonnie Johnson faded in and out of obscurity, living in different places, at times having to make a living by mopping floors. After his last disappearance, he was found in Toronto, where he had moved around 1965, playing at a club called the Penny Farthing. He did a guest set with a popular Dixieland band that year called Jim McCarg's Metro Stompers. I discovered Lonnie Johnson first through his being found and featured in a, on a Canadian folk music program called Let's Sing Out. That was a TV program hosted by Oscar Brand. Then, with my mother a member of the Columbia Record Club, this record arrived in the mail of Jim McCarg, Metro Stompers, featuring Lonnie Johnson. I eventually sold the record, as it was a rarity, then regretted it. And this summer, I found it at a thrift store for a dollar and bought it again. Here is China Boy, Jim McCarg's Metro Stompers, featuring Lonnie Johnson on guitar.
Well, you know, listening to that, I can understand why I sold the album. Lonnie Johnson's great, but not a very interesting Dixieland band. Let's play some early Lonnie Johnson now. First, a guitar piece from October 31st, 1927, called 688 Glide. Then, Louis Armstrong and his Hot Five, with Lonnie Johnson coming in with what may be the first guitar solo ever in a jazz band, a tune called I'm Not Rough, recorded December 10th, 1927. Two in a row by Lonnie Johnson. Thank you. 
feel rough and I don't fight. But the woman that gets me got to treat me right. Cause I'm crazy about my loving. And I must have it all the time. It takes a brown-skinned woman to satisfy my mind. To satisfy my mind. Two in a row from 1927, featuring guitarist Lonnie Johnson. The last one, him playing with Louis Armstrong, who also does a vocal. I told you earlier that Lonnie Johnson was best known as a singer, and I have a few compilation albums of his vocal and guitar work. But since this program is about vinyl records I found over the past spring and summer, let me play another one from the Jim McCarg's Metro Stompers Stompin' at the Penny album from 1965, featuring Lonnie Johnson singing My Mother's Eyes. One 
his love I Okay, time to move on. This is Discovering Jazz. I'm Larry Sademan. Next, alto saxophonist Phil Woods with a tune that has recently become a jazz standard, thanks mostly to Charlie Parker discovering this tune. I'll play Phil Woods' version of it as influenced by Charlie Parker. Then I'll give you a taste of what this song sounded like originally. Phil Woods with Star Eyes.
Star Eyes. Phil Woods with Hal Galper on piano, Steve Gilmore bass, and Bill Goodwin on drums from an album called Birds of a Feather from 1982, which I picked up at Blue Streak Records here in Peterborough. That song was composed by Gene DePaul for a 1943 comedy film called I Dude It, and it was performed by Helen O'Connell and Bob Eberly. Here is Helen O'Connell singing it, and see if you can connect this version at all with that wild Phil Woods instrumental version that you just heard, Star Eyes. Star eyes, that's the way you make my eyes shine. When those lips of yours caress mine, just to have you by my side would leave me starry eyes. Star eyes, lonely eyes, you put a dream in. That only you're supreme in Don't you know it's just for you They sparkle as they do Though the stars aren't real I know they show how much I care Tell me how it makes you feel It's you for whom these eyes glow Makes no difference where you are My eyes will hold your wishing star So kiss me And wish on a star Though the stars aren't real I know how much I care Tell me How it makes you feel To know You put them there Star eyes When If ever Will your heart know That it's you For whom these eyes glow Makes no difference Where you are my eyes will hold your wishing star So kiss me And wish on a star Star Eyes by Helen O'Connell And before that you heard... Uh, the Charlie Parker-influenced Phil Woods version of that same tune. Early in the spring, I found a Freddie Hubbard album for a dollar at a thrift store, so I picked it up. I think it's a good one. It's on Atlantic, and the album's titled High Blues Pressure. The year is 1968. This selection is written by Billy Taylor and features Freddie Hubbard on flugelhorn, sounding just wonderful, with two flutes, played by Benny Mopin and James Spaulding, plus Kenny Barron on piano, Herbie Lewis bass, and drummer Lewis Hayes. Here is Biento, which I think is French for Until Tomorrow or See You Later. Freddie Hubbard.
Eddie Hubbard. Let's play something Canadian now from the West Coast. The late tenor saxophonist Fraser McPherson and his quartet features Oliver Gannon on guitar, Toronto's Steve Wallace on bass, and Jake Hanna drums. The tune is Sophisticated Lady, a song that's best focused on the melody rather than having a lot of complicated improvisations. And Fraser McPherson does just that. Mm-hmm. 
the Fraser McPherson Quartet, another album I recently found and bought. From 1983, the record on Concord Jazz is called Indian Summer. Not the most exciting and dynamic jazz album in the world, but McPherson has a great sound, and when he does tunes like Sophisticated Lady, he shines. This is Discovering Jazz, today featuring some of my spring and summer finds on vinyl. Here's a record I didn't expect to like as much as I do. It's a later Count Basie record from 1969, live at the Tropicana Hotel in Las Vegas. This tune is pretty wild and features the wild tenor saxophone of Harry Lockjaw Davis, a style that's the opposite of what you just heard from Fraser McPherson. This is Every Tub, the Count Basie Band. <laughs> Count Basie from 1969. The last few minutes of this week's episode of Discovering Jazz is going to feature a jazz pianist, McCoy Tyner, and an album that I purchased recently. This particular album, a double LP from 1980 called Four Times Four McCoy Tyner Quartets, consists of his regular trio plus a different guest soloist on each of the four sides. They are Freddie Hubbard, Arthur Blythe, Bobby Hutcherson, and guitarist John Abercrombie playing electric mandolin. I'm going to play three tracks from the album, starting with one featuring alto saxophonist Arthur Blythe. Blythe, who died in 2017 of Parkinson's disease, had a unique style that was pretty identifiable. A thick sound for an alto with lots of vibrato and lots of unorthodox notes. Here he is, featured on a song popularized by Nat King Cole in the 50s, Stay As Sweet As You Are. (laughs) ¶¶ 
Arthur Blythe with a McCoy-Tyner trio, Stay as Sweet as You Are, written by Harry Revell. McCoy-Tyner became best known as the pianist behind John Coltrane from 1961 to 1965, including his famous rendition of My Favorite Things. He left the group when he felt that Coltrane's music was becoming too atonal and he couldn't feel it. Since then, uh, McCoy Tyner has recorded a number of influential albums under his own name, and at age 80, he's still active. Tyner is left-handed, and his left-hand cording is powerful. He likes to raise his left hand high before coming down for an emphatic attack. I saw him live once, and his playing really impressed me with its pure power. Chick Corea was very influenced by McCoy Tyner's use of fourths in his chord voicings, and his right-hand improvisations uses a lot of staccato. Right now, I'll play him with vibraphonist Bobby Hutcherson, doing a version of Thelonious Monk's Pinonica. Tyner was very influenced by Monk's percussive attack. Give a listen. <laughs>
Thelonious Monk's Penonica, as played by McCoy Tyner Trio with guest vibraphonist Bobby Hutcherson, Al Foster on drums, and Cecil McBee doing the bass. Ending with one written by Cecil McBee, features some great bass work from McBee, and also features special guest trumpeter Freddie Hubbard, who you heard earlier in this program. Here you'll notice how McCoy Tyner's powerhouse piano equals the power of Hubbard's trumpet. You've been listening to Discovering Jazz, a program produced for Trent Radio 92.7 on your Peterborough dial. This is Larry Sademan saying bye for now, taking you home with Paradox. Paradox.